0: Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices.
1: Good morning, this is the 3CR Spoken Word Programme. My name is Di Cousins and today I'm talking to Hani Abdil, who lives in Sydney. Um, she's a Somali refugee and she's just um, published a first book, I Will Rise. Um, hani, uh, it's great to see this book. Uh, tell me how you um, first got interested in writing poetry um, and you apparently posted a, a poem on Facebook and then... Th- Janet Galbraith saw that and and asked you, are you a poet, is that what happened?
2: Yeah, Jan, I posted this poem called Freedom for Education and it's, there's a lot of, most of my poems there's a story behind and the story behind this poem was um, one of the days I was a bit uh, not feeling well and I went to my case manager and tell her that I think I really want education and you know I need a future, I'm still young and all that and Their answers was like, you never settle in Australia, like kind of like go back where you came from and there wasn't helping thing from them. And after I, I didn't want to argue because I thought that was just a waste of time. So I went to my room and I wrote this poem called Freedom for Education and I posted on Facebook and Janet sent me, are you a poet? And I just, that time my English wasn't that much good so I couldn't understand it. I tried to Google the word poet. And I, I was like, and then I sent her just no, and she said, no, you are powered, and and Janet actually didn't give up on me, so she was keep telling me that I was powered every time that I come online on Facebook, and at the end I thought, like, oh, that sounds good, um, but I used to write, and I used to think I have to hide this writing, so nobody could ever know my weakness, but meeting Janet through social media, it was just she gave me a platform where I could share my weakness and so be proud that actually I got a talent and weakness are temporary in the world. Beautiful. Okay,
1: so now um, you were inspired by a poem by Maya Angelou, I Will Rise. Uh, What inspired you to change that one and taking the form but making it your own?
2: Um, As I told you also, it has a story behind um this poem the poem I will write and I will write I read it once. So Janet sent me the poem and I was reading it and then but every time I read it I just thought like um it was it was something that I really needed kind of like to read over and over again. And um back in Christmas Island I used to send the Prime Minister emails every morning. Before I have breakfast, just to remind him I was there. I am a girl like he got a children like everything like you know, as a you know young girl, what I need is just education. I don't need to party, nothing like that. I want education. That was my main goal. And one of the days I got a reply from their office, and he was saying that because I came by boat, I will never settle in Australia. You know, it was just. It was very really awful. It wasn't something that I was expecting as a young girl to receive from, like, you know, most respected Australian uh, Prime Minister's office. That was Tony Abbott at that time, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And how old were you? Um, that time I was 17 going 18. I was 18. And I was I was so sad. and But the most uh, funny thing was I didn't think... I read. The, I remember the poem was in my head, but the changing was just like on twenty minutes. While I was reading the reply, when I read the like you know the email they send me, I just you know open my book and I write it while I was on the computer and send them back this poem. So. Oh, fantastic! Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, well, would you like to read the poem?
2: Yes. I will write. You now lock me in detention and damage my hope, but it's like a dust, and one day I will rise. You may avoid my sadness and send me to manners, but one day I will rise. You may hide the reality and break my heart, but one day I will rise. Why can't you help me? I may be a female of underage who need assistance from you. You may send me to other countries and shoot me with your words, but one day I will rise. You may punish me by saying lies, but one day, one day I will rise. You may kill me with your hateful action, but it's like an air, and one day I will rise. You may never care about my awful past and enjoy with my tears, but one day, one day I will rise. I may have bad memories retained in pain, but one day I will rise. I may have left a fearful life full of horror, but one day I will rise. Does my mind upset you, so full of thoughts? I am a Salem seeker who seeks for freedom and doesn't have anywhere else to to go. Does it come surprise to you, whatever you have done to me, I will forgive you. Whenever you send me, as long as I see the sun rise and the moons come up, I will rise. I will rise, I will rise.
1: Thank you. Yeah, nice work. And did you get a reply from the Prime Minister saying I don't read poetry or
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wish he could say that. So, um that was about I think it was February twenty fourteen and when I was released it was July and one month later I got a letter from I got a letter from them again that's saying, um, you know, um, people who are on Christmas Island you get to stay like you get to stay in Australia but you, like you know you will never be Australian kind of thing but I think my aim is not I'm not here for like, like I'm, I'm, I just want to be a useful person into the world that I'm living and for me that moment education was the thing that I really wanted in my life and by that time I was already at school and you know things were alright so it didn't matter to me if I will stay one day to Australia or like you know the rest of my life as long as I had the education that I wanted as long as I got a lot of people by my side who really cared about me and and I also you know I also until now I appreciate that I actually been to Christmas Island and I lived there it was it was a good experience in what sense um I think um I learned to appreciate because when I looked back, so when I look many p- people in different stages in the world who are in a refugee camps, um, I was 100% better than many people who are, like let's say, in Kakuma refugee camps or in Thailand. Anywhere else that has a refugee camps, Christmas Island would a bit better place. At least you got, if not everyone was caring about you, but you got some people who were there for you, who worked there. You know, it didn't matter if they worked for immigration or if they worked for, like, Seco or whoever was there, like, there was, everyone was in, like, cruel, there was a really good people who were there for you and, you know, support you through this journey. Okay. Now, tell me, how
1: did you come to um, become a refugee? What, what I mean, in very brief form, uh, had what were the sorts of things you were leaving behind in
2: Somalia? Um, the things that I really leave behind Somalia was my beloved family that I thought I would never leave them. Um, but because Somalia has for now almost two decades of civil war and there's a forced marriages for young girls and similar incident happened to me so I didn't want to become someone's wife on a young age while well, I knew that I have a lot to offer the world. So I decided, uh, together with my father, so I could make a de- like kind of decision where I could travel. And I think if I wasn't capable of looking after myself, my dad couldn't send me on, a, you know, on this journey.
1: Right. So you, when you left, you left by yourself, and you were fifteen years old or no, sixteen. Or? I
2: was seventeen still. Seventeen. Yeah. Right, okay.
1: Yeah. And um. And. Uh,
2: and how did you get to Christmas Island? How I get to Christmas Island is those memories when I remember, I just, you know, it's kind of, you know, I see it funny, but many people, they don't see it funny. But I think I appreciated that I actually take that road and it was hard, but also I appreciate at least, you know, I tried my best to save myself from, you know, danger. So I I take a plane from Somalia then went to Kenya, Malaysia. And then from Malaysia I take a boat to Indonesia and then from Indonesia I take a boat to Australia.
1: And there's something in one of your poems about being rescued by the navy. What what happened?
2: Yeah, that was like that was that was like the funniest moment in my journey. It was when when we reached um so because our boat sailed into Darwin, but before we reach Darwin, the boats breakdown, down. And when it's breakdown, the Navy came in. So the Navy thought we switch off the engine. And since day one, the water was just keep coming and people were taking out water. It was just, you know, the engine was going off, trying to fix. But finally, there was a ch- like it was the last time like we couldn't fix it. And when the Navy came in, they were like, you did this for a purpose, and they started, you know, hanging around and, you know, making kind of fun. Like, yeah, you guys did this, you need to fix it. And the boat just exploded one, and everyone was on the water, including the Australian navies, they were on the water. So out of 45 people, I was the last person that they found it on the water.
1: So the, the boat actually exploded, did it?
2: Yeah, it was like that like you know the wooden it looked like kind of you know when you throw glass into uh on the floor it was just like the smashed. wood smashed it smashed every kind of like piece of wood and it was so top, did, did top it, of the water did anybody die or get hurt or anything uh, no no only like one one pregnant lady she was about nine months so when the boat sink she sinked with it and she couldn't come up so but she was all right at the end of there. Like the Navy rescued her very quickly.: so oh, was, very good. OK. Yeah. So there's another poem I'd like you to read. Uh, "I was born with no Home." I I was born with no home." We wonder never resting, wondering where these awful moments come, that we are sleeping out next to AK-47, while kids our age are sleeping on relaxing bed, learning their alphabetical order. We were born with no home, we struggled to find daily food, guns and bomb were, de- were the highlights of our days, even though we were happy normal youth. We begged and begged, but, the- but we were beaten and smashed many times, we were born with no home. But we, care, but we, but we cared about each other and ourselves while we were wonder if there is any real human in our society who knows that we need help. We were born with no home, but I think but I think about the homeless who have no place to go living in the streets of Sydney, the corner of Canberra, laying on a box every night, the wind, the rain, the snow, they shake hand in exchange of coins, sitting on the pathway of Central singing Advance Australia Fair, Advance Australia Fair.
1: You're listening to the 3CR Spoken Word Program and um, that was a track from Liz Stringer, the, her new CD, The Bridges. Um, my name's Di Cousins and I'm talking to Honey Abdil today and uh, Honey has just released her first poetry book, I Will Rise. And um, now it's quite an exciting thing to get a whole book together, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it was it was magical.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you had a few other um, po- you had a few poems in the refugee anthology, Our Beautiful Voices. Voices. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and you've been working with writing with fences for the last three years, is y- it? Yeah,
2: writing through fences. Um, yeah, since
1: twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Yeah. Okay. So uh, tell me how did it how did you ca- how did it come together to actually get enough material for a, a whole book because it's a hundred pages it's not a small book it's not a sixteen page book or anything
2: yeah um, so I guess since twenty fourteen I really wanted to publish this book but I think now this book it's much better to be published um, last year because it kind of have like mixed emotion of my life while when I just came out of detention, if I could publish it, it would be like, everyone will need an extra psychologist when they read the book, but now everything is fine. And yeah, so Janet actually helped me a lot and you know, edited all the work and organized all the publishing and everything. I was just a writer. That's nice. Yeah.
1: And just tell me about the benefit of writing for you in terms of how that's helped you sort of understand your situation or...
2: Yeah, I think um, for me writing is a big relief and every time I got a, a kind of a problems, I like to write them down and in a few days I read again the problem and I will try to think if I got I have a solution for this problem... And sometimes when I solve the problem, it's kind of um, like, you know, I feel happy about it, that actually there was a problem, then I write about it and I solve it. It was, it was so good. And also I encourage, like, a lot of young people and a lot of people who going through, like, you know, hardship in life. I think writing is the best medicine that, you know, can heal you so quickly. Great. Okay, would you like to read um, your poem, uh, Why I Write? I write, yeah. Mm. I write... I write because I saw many broken hearts through the glow and the darkness of life. I write because I have a voice to write, to rise. I write as time passes because I have a something to share. I write not mean I'm smart, but every word that come from my mouth, it can change many minds of ignorance. I write because the medicine to me, I write because poetry is a weapon against our stress. I write to follow my dreams and turn them into reality. I write about... Depression that kills our young ones. I write about politicians don't make sense anymore. I write. I write because this world made me insane. I'm here to write, to equal my pain. Because what eats you the mess, it hurts me as well. I write when I'm happy. I write when I'm sad. I write from my heart so you can touch and sketch my pain. I write to give home for the homeless. I write to find hope for the hopeless. I write so someday someone can read and change. I write because I'm lost between two cultures who identify themselves in colour. I write because I'm a black woman who doesn't believe in her Afro-Cali hair but brainwashed by companies who produce hair extension. I write I write about the stolen generation. I write to let you know so we don't do the same mistake again and again and again and again. I write to confound my soul that cries out all night for unity. I write to tell you about the wa- about the love of one another that seem to be ignored. I write because my tongue has no bones, but strong enough to break down all the hatred words. I write because there's a lot of race abused by their gender. I write because I, I live in a land of freedom, but the other half of me is the other side of the sea. I write because it doesn't matter to me what religion you are. I am Muslim, you're Christian or Jewish. I want to treat you as a human being. I write to express the unfairness that I always shy away from discussing. I write to tell you stop the harmful words because words are the same as a storm, they can damage someone's soil. I write because I want us to join hands together and live in a world of peace and justice. Thank you. And um and
1: one of the nice things about the book that um I I really appreciated was the variety of things that you have written about. Yeah. Um, and uh, and there was this other poem which I really liked, Grandmother's Love.
2: Would you like to read that? Yeah, this is for my grandmother. I really miss her. She's actually 102. 102? Yeah. That's fabulous. Yeah. Grandmother's love. I think of love. And you come to my mind. Memories of bad and good will sometimes bring tears. Photographs will never replace the act of being there. And words will never perfectly describe your care. Grandmother, your love was pure. I do remember those days when I used to lie on your lap. You would ask if I were taking the baby goats on their cage. I do remember the nights together as you told me stories and how you got trampled blessing from your parents. Your love was sweet and pure. You were special in every way. You made me smile, always there for me, especially when mommy was away. I still remember how you used to say that May the people treat you like your father and offer you the kindness of your mother. I do still remember those days when I used to run up to you. Every time I mess up with daddy, straight in your lap and take a nap, you were always there. When no one else seemed to care, I hear you ma'an, you were always there. Sometimes I made you angry looking at my past, I'm not sure why. Maybe I was a child, I thought I was right. Look at me now, how much I have changed. Today I'm quite normal and I have learned a lot. I thank God that I had you by my side to stand still. When I was down, your healing and help was above my head. Your smiles last a while on my side. You were not only grandmother to me, but also a true friend and a soulmate. My heart my heart fallen apart the day I said goodbye to you. I still remember. May the people treat you like your father and, and offer you the kindness of your mother.
1: Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it's um it's nice that uh you've got this range of um of moods in, in the book. Um, uh, and
2: have you been reading other poets? Yes, I kind of now get interested in Shakespeare poems mm-hmm. and his, like, um, what do you call... The the, sonnets? Or yeah, No, theatres? The like plays. Plays, plays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I start also reading... Um, what's her name Dorothy Mikaila Mikaila mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: I love a sunburned country oh yeah. my
2: god and now like now I get the chance to travel around Australia by doing my book tour and every every day that I go the poem will be on my head I love the sunburned country that's mm. <laughs> gorgeous yeah yeah it's great yeah
1: um, just looking at another mood that's uh, in, in the book um, you've also got a um, a rather lovely love poem which um, <sighs> you
2: might like to share do you want to share? yeah sure <laughs> okay. um, this poem is called When when the rain falls, I fall in love when the lightning separates the clouds I saw the pride- brightness of your love when the tender shook the ground, I hear the the beat of your heart. When the comment circled the sky, I wish that you could be with me. When the stars blinked their eyes, I saw your eyes glowing with happiness. When I wrote this poem, your love melted in my heart.
1: It's lovely. No, it's gorgeous. <laughs> it's nice to have a love poem, you know, in a collection.
2: Yeah, that's what I thought, um, this po- this book would be great to be published um, last year because it was, I think, it was time that I overcome, like, most of the sadness time, even though I acknowledge that moment and I like to remember because there's a lot of my friends still there and, you know, I can just say, like, oh, I got a perfect life and I will forget them, no. So I like to acknowledge every time and, you know, send my love and wishes and you know, just reminding them temporary is um, sadness is temporary and also happiness is temporary, so.
1: Yeah. Yes, I mean, at, at the time that we're recording, uh, the there are still people in detention in Nauru and Manus, though I always uh, hope that any minute they'll be released. Yeah um but yeah so you know at this moment we still have offshore detention centers and and people looking at indefinite detention yeah um so uh you've written one called the fence yeah yeah would you like to share that
2: one yeah um this poem is dedicated to the little kids behind the fence and when i write this poem i was back in behind the fence and one day i went to see this little kid who was about 4 and i asked him his name was hamoudi was from iraq and i asked him in arabic hamoudi what's wrong and he told me ana i'm not in the mood and i wrote this poem and it was only four so the fence they are there on the other side of the fence they look sad and scared wondering where it's safe for them to go they really miss their loved ones they are away from their homes you smile when you talk to them and tell them how they come here illegally. When they ask for your assistance, you forget they lost their important ones. We both know the pain of being an orphan or a widow. But perhaps you ignore, the re- you, uh, you ignore this reality. They start crying. You can see their children and deep inside they are dying. They are blaming their parents for not to, for not being able to take them to a free land, as they tell you the fact you said, they made the wrong choice. Oh, parents, how it has to see your child blaming you because they know they can't go back, while you wish one day they could they can go back. You see, you see, some decide to go, but no one follow their status after they left. The only thing you want right now is to keep them in detention forever and damage their little remaining hope, no home, no education, no future for them. It's time, it's time Australian people to know, it's time to plaster the silence. I'm sure they want to know what you're hiding behind the fence. The people can do something before you get sent away for your crime you put your hands into human's blood you punish often children you hurt so many people and this is the last straw and many and many are witness of innocent people whose minds are lost behind the fence yes beautiful
1: so um we've been hearing from Hani Abdil who has a new book I will rise of her own poetry which um is been released through writing through fences um thank you for coming on the program honey
2: thank you so much nita for having me
1: we'll just go out with a little bit more music from liz stringer's new cd all the bridges and this has been the 3cr spoken word program